On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. It's the Locked On Eagles podcast, as always, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We thank you for making Locked On Eagles your first listen each and every day, Monday through Friday. We are a daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, so we've got five shows for you a week downloaded. Wherever you get your shows, we're available on all platforms, as well as on YouTube and on Twitter, at LockdownBirds, at DBLCLOE, at GC24 underscore football. It's the post-game show. The Eagles destroy. I think destroy might even be an understatement for what they did to the winless Detroit Lions on Sunday, a final score of 44 to on the road, the Eagles improve to three and five on the season. They snap a two-game uh, losing streak against the Raiders and against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And again, this wasn't just a destruction. I mean, this was you dismantle the Lions. Everything you could think of, the Eagles dominated this game from front to back, from start to finish. The Eagles were clearly the superior team, and there was some talk throughout the week that maybe the Lions should be favored in this game, that maybe the Lions are right there and the Eagles could potentially lose to a winless football team. There was some talk that this was going to be a close game throughout the week. I even didn't think it was going to be a blowout. I think the Eagles were clearly a better team than the Lions heading in, but I did not expect 44 to six, but the Eagles on both sides of the ball were extremely impressive today. This was easily by far their most complete win of the season, at least since week one against the Atlanta Falcons. I think it's right there with the Atlanta game. And I guess the Atlanta game would be more impressive because the Falcons are at least a, a better team than the Detroit Lions by a long shot. But at the same time, this was their most complete game since the season opener on both sides of the football. It was a very encouraging sign, and it was great to see, although it was against the worst team in football, it was nice to see the Eagles respond after what I thought last week was a new low for this franchise. For the first time since 2015, I kind of felt hopeless, directionless with where to go when it comes to the future of this football team. And the least amount of excitement I've had to watch a game was last week against the Raiders since 2015, trying to get up every morning for those games with Chip Kelly, Sam Bradford, DeMarco Murray, Miles Austin. It was to me a new low realizing just how far this team had to go. And again, although it was against Detroit and most of those issues from last week are still very much the case, it was great to see this coaching staff, these players rally around each other and get a win. Because I, I challenged them this week when it comes to, you know, you look at the past couple of years for everything that Doug Peterson struggled with and everything that he didn't do and all the issues with this team from, you know, after the Super Bowl 2018, 2019, even last year, 2020, with all the issues that were there, at least this team always fought for each other. When they were backed into a corner, they always found a way out of it and somehow miraculously made the playoffs in both 2018 and 2019. And last year, the pressure was just too much. There was too much to overcome for that football team, but they always rallied around each other. And my question, the biggest question I did for Locked On this week with this football team is, yeah, even though you're two and five, even though you're playing the best team or the worst team in football, can you, you know, maybe the playoffs aren't really in the cards right now, or that's not the focus and you're selling at the NFL trade deadline on Tuesday. Will this team 
after calling out some of their coaches through the media this week, Fletcher Cox, Jonathan Gannon, will this team fight for each other? Will they rally around each other or will they implode? Will they show that they still have that same bond in the locker room like they've had over the last five years or with this new coaching staff, are they going to lose the team? And it did not look like that at all on Sunday, 44 to six was the win. Again, it was a destruction in Detroit, Philadelphia, just cleaned house against the Lions. It wasn't close from the start. Um, the Lions are clearly the worst football team in the NFL, but it was just a great bounce back. And, you know, there was a lot of flack for Nick Sirianni this week when it comes to his flower analogy. And it was a little bit cringy. And I think the timing might've been bad, but it was more fans and media that were making fun of that. It wasn't really ever the players. The players have not tuned him out. He has not lost this locker room. In fact, I think that's the one thing Sirianni has done really well this year. I think the play calling has been up and down. We're going to get into that today. But one thing that I've not been critical of Sirianni for at all this year is his ability to motivate this football team and to have them play together. I think through all of the lows this year, they haven't really swayed in that area. This week, it felt like the closest that it could get to that point with the loss to the Raiders and with Fletcher Cox calling out Gannon and surely other players having issues with it. But you watch this football game, you watch this win. That was my biggest takeaway is these coaches still have these players playing and they played some damn good football today. I was most impressed with the coaches for sure on both sides of the ball. They adjusted, they listened to their players, they walked the walk. And that's what I was so frustrated about with this coaching staff this year is I loved everything they said about what their coaching philosophy was from the minute they got hired up until the season started. I loved everything that Sirianni said, that Gannon said. They sounded like young, creative, open-minded, self-aware player coaches. And then heading into the season, seeing how Gannon, especially on defense, just has not adjusted and seemed more stubborn. It was kind of discouraging that they were walking, they weren't walking the walk like they were talking the talk, but they definitely walked the walk today on both sides of the football, on offense, especially. I mean, what a day for Nick Sirianni. Eagles fans wanted to run the football. Well, how's 46 rushing attempts to only 14 passing attempts? This team went heavy when it comes to the run game. 236 rushing yards today, four rushing touchdowns, two from Boston Scott, two from Jordan Howard, a little uh owed to 2019 with that duo taking over the football game. They ran the ball. They ran the ball some more and they ran the ball some more down the lion's throat all game, 46 attempts, 236 rushing yards and four rushing touchdowns. You know, you want to balance, right? And you want to throw the football and you don't want them to throw as much as they did today. They went the opposite end. Like you, you hope to find the middle ground of this game and the other games and be more 50, 50, Today, they went all in on running the football, and that's what worked, so they did not steer off of it. And uh, it was a great performance, especially from this offensive line, from the running backs, especially Boston Scott and Jordan Howard. And uh, it was just on the ground, a masterpiece from the offensive linemen and the running backs. The first time they've had over 120 rushing yards in the first half of a game since 2010. It was that Monday night massacre against the Washington football team. And this was the first time since 2013, the Eagles, and it was against the Chicago bears on Sunday night football. It was the first time since 2013, the Eagles have had at least four rushing touchdowns. So the run game carried the offense today. And I thought that was a great strategy by Nick Sirianni adjusting. He is not run the football all year. And today he said, this is the key. This is the strength of this football team. 
our strength is still the offensive line, even with Brandon Brooks and Isaac Sayamalu out. Jalen Hurts is not the strength of this offense. And against a Detroit Lions team that we think we can have on the ground all day, we're going to stick to it. And again, the ratio, they 100% stuck to it. 46 rushing attempts to only 14 passing attempts. I was really impressed with that commitment, with that adjustment from Nick Sirianni, knowing what was the right call this week. And it wasn't just that. It wasn't just you know committing to the run, knowing what the strength of this unit is. But I really liked the other stuff too. I love that you saw a lot more pre-snap motion this week with Quez Watkins, with Devontae Smith, with Jalen Rager before he got hurt. I loved that for two weeks in a row now, you're seeing the team adjust and be under center more. You know, you have more traditional play action. I thought they got away from that in the Raiders game because the game was getting so out of hand. But I thought you saw that first drive last week. The reason they scored a touchdown was because a lot of what they were doing was from under center. And I think this team has played better when they're under center. So good job for Sirianni today with play calling, sticking to that strategy, adjusting. I love the way, I I hate that Jalen Rager got hurt because I love the way Sirianni was using Rager on those few opening drives, uh, two rushes for 21 yards, both reverse plays, nearly scored a touchdown on the third attempt, but he fell just short and Rager then did get carted off uh, with an ankle injury. But overall, a hell of a day for Nick Sirianni as the play caller. Unfortunately, he had the correct blueprint today, which was to run the football. Again, 46 rushing attempts. Unfortunately, the correct blueprint for this offense right now to be successful is to hide their limited quarterback. And that is unfortunate, but the truth. And today, when it comes to Jalen Hurts' performance, that kind of confirmed that that is where this offense is right now. That's where the quarterback is, and this is the way the offense needs to be if they want to win football games in 2021. And it's time though. I'm okay with the way they did this. I wouldn't have been okay with this early on in the year because I wanted to see if Jalen Hurts could carry this team, if he could be QB1. And I think the franchise wanted to see that too. It's why it was so lopsided when it comes to the run-pass ratio in favor of the pass. But Jalen Hurts has been the same player week after week after week after week. He was the same player this week as he was week one, as the same as he was last year, the same player he was at Oklahoma. And so now you know, it's too early still to rule it dead in the water when it comes to Hertz's chances to be the long-term quarterback. But now I was okay with, you know, running the football and featuring other players today because now I want to start evaluating the rest of the offense. I want to start evaluating Nick Sirianni as a play caller, as a head coach. Is it Jalen Hurts that's holding him back or is it Sirianni that's holding back Jalen Hurts? I wanted to start focusing more on Sirianni today. And when they took the ball out of Hertz's hands, Sirianni looked like a better play caller. This offense moved the ball a lot better. And yes, it was against Detroit. So take it with a grain of salt. But that was very eye-opening today that they hid their starting quarterback. They clearly thought he was limited in, in what they think he can do right now. And this is the way they think the offense needs to be run to move the football. And um, it's clear that this is the way that they think they can win with Jalen Hurts. He's not a guy you can win because of. They feel like at least halfway through the year, the answer has been he's a guy you can win with, not win because of. And that's not a true QB1, but that's what you need right now for this offense to be successful. And uh, that was eye-opening today to see the team kind of recognize that. We've been saying that all year, um, but they've they've seen it. They've recognized it. And there's going to be other times this year you're going to want to use Hertz a lot more because the evaluation process still isn't over, but it's time to start evaluating others and giving 
someone like Nick Sirianni a fair shake and to see if they change it up, if the issues are still there, or if it more is a quarterback thing than a play caller thing. I thought today Jalen Hurts did some good things as a runner, especially broke guys' ankles consistently. Hurts looked really good on the ground, as he always does. He's one of the best mobile quarterbacks in football. Seven carries for 71 yards. He now has at least 30 rushing yards in 12 straight starts. Jalen Hurts has been extremely impressive on the ground. He was again today, especially that third and 12, where Hurts extends for a 21-yard rush. And I thought that was impressive today from Jalen. But yet again, there's a reason they were hiding him today on offense when it comes to passing the football. Only 14 attempts. Jalen Hurts finished the day 9 of 14 for 103 yards. No touchdowns, no interceptions. The reason they were hiding him like that is because he's, again, he's the same passer as he always is. He's an extremely limited passer. Today, over and over again, he yet again left the pocket far too early. He felt pressure that wasn't there. He didn't set his feet. He didn't climb. He dropped his eyes. He bailed to the outsides, the boundaries. He backed up and he killed plays way too early. He also missed a bunch of big time completions. Either he was too late to see the open man or he didn't see them at all, or he was just inaccurate in his throws or all of the above. It was frustrating again to see that although the offense moved the ball incredibly today, that the passing game still couldn't get going. And that's really because of Jalen Hurts. I mean, Devontae Smith should have had multiple big receptions today. Smith only finishes with one catch for 15 yards. He should have had at least three for 60 plus and a touchdown. Jalen Hurts missed him for a couple big plays, including a wide open touchdown on a corner route on third and long. Hurts rolled to his left, threw across his body. The pass got batted down. He was going to uh, Dallas Goddard, who was running across there to the left sideline but he had Smith down the field and he just didn't see him again. And Devontae Smith is really being limited right now with what he can do because of his quarterback. So again, the same issues with Hurts in the passing game, they're not developing. It's every single week. It's kind of the same thing. And that's unfortunate to see, but that's what you continue to see. So what do you have to do to be successful right now? You need to run the football and you you need to feature the offensive line and your running backs and using your fast receivers with pre-snap motion instead of you know, throwing Jalen Hurts out there and saying, carry us, because he's not a guy, at least right now, that can carry you. So it's time to start evaluating everybody else. And so far today, when it comes to really focusing on Sirianni, that's a great start. Nick Sirianni was really good today. Also, before we take a break and get into the defensive side of the football, how about Dallas Goddard again? The only player with at least three catches today on the Eagles offense, six receptions for 72 yards through the first two games as tight end one without Zach Ertz on this football team. Now in Arizona, Dallas Goddard looks the part of a true tight end one. He was great today. Again, moving the chains on third downs. He made some great diving catches run after the catch ability, strong blocking was great in the run game. Howie Roseman, Look, I don't know how long he's still going to have a job. Something he still needs to do while he's here. Give Dallas Goddard a contract extension. Do not let this guy get away in the summer because he is a star in the making. To me, he's already easily one of the best tight ends in football. He showed that again today against the Lions. Back-to-back efficient, strong performances from Dallas Goddard. 
All right, guys, let's take a break. This is the Eagles postgame show on Lockdown Eagles, 44-6. The Eagles improved to 3-5 and five on the year with a big blowout win against the Detroit Lions in Detroit, Michigan. Coming up next, how about the defense when it comes to adjusting on the fly? Jonathan Gannon going from passive to aggressive really quick. It was an impressive day from the defense. We'll get into it coming up next right here on Locked on Eagles. And guys, today's show is sponsored by Direct TV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. And it's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. Before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible devices required. Content varies by package. All right, guys, this is the Lockdown Eagles postgame show. Louis DiBiase joining you on the Sunday slash Monday edition of the podcast. The Eagles get their first win in three weeks with a 44 to 6 blowout win against the winless Detroit Lions. The Eagles are now three and five on the season. And guys, we thank you for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. Although this is a win. The Eagles, it's, they're only 3-5 and five right now, and they're going to still be sellers when it comes to the NFL trade deadline, which is Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern time. You know we've got you covered on all things Eagles, but with the trade deadline right around the corner, don't miss our live NFL trade deadline show, reaction to every move, plus a second-half season preview, and much more. Catch the show live from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. November 2nd on the Locked On NFL YouTube channel. So we're continuing to get into this win against the Lions, a dominating, enjoyable win. It's the first time we could really enjoy a win since week one. I mean, even the Carolina Panthers game, it was a great finish, but that game was extremely frustrating to watch for three-fourths of it. I mean, for three and a half quarters. Then they turned it around. This game was like the week one game against Atlanta where they controlled the pace on both sides of the ball from start to finish. And it wasn't just on offense. It wasn't just a great day from, you know, guys like Jordan Howard and Boston Scott and Nick Sirianni, but it was also a great day for the defense. How about that adjustment from Jonathan Gannon in the defense? Gannon was finally called out this week for being so passive, not just by fans and media members alike, but by players too. And by some of the best players like Fletcher Cox, who said this week that he's not paid to play screen passes He's paid to go after the quarterback. Gannon finally, you know, instead of, you know, being stubborn and saying, well, this is the way the defense is and my players are going to adjust to the scheme. He had an open mind. Like I thought he was going to be like all year. He hasn't been like that this year, but he finally used that open-minded self-awareness and said, Hey, one of my star players is not happy in this defense. Other players are not happy either. We're letting up everything below 20 yards from the line of scrimmage. We are allowing quarterbacks week after week after week to complete 80 plus percent of our throw of their passes they're sustaining long drives every time we're barely getting any three and outs it's time especially against a team like the Detroit Lions who you should not be playing scared against it's time to go after an offense and I'm so glad that Gannon finally grew a pair to be to be frank with you and go after this offense with an aggressive scheme and he adjusted he was aggressive in this defense 
kicked ass because of it. Five sacks, and a lot of that was because of consistent blitzing, letting your defensive ends pin their ears back and go get the quarterback, right? Josh Sweat, he had two sacks today. You had a sack from Milton Williams getting in on the action, his first sack of his career, the Eagles' third-round pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. Uh, sack as well from Derek Barnett, from Teron Jackson, from Hassan Ridgeway. So, excuse me, they didn't have five sacks. They had six. Davian Taylor had three tackles today. Avante Maddox with a forced fumble. Love to see the young players getting in on the action. It was a really strong showing from the defense. And again, that's huge. Although, again, it's because of a lot of it is because of your opponent. You're playing the Detroit Lions. At the same time, a lot of the issues that we had with this team on both sides of the ball, it was good to see them recognize those problems themselves and adjust. Because for years now, not even just with this coaching staff, but with the previous one as well, it felt like a lot of the time this podcast was just a broken record. Each week, it's like they're doing this again wrong. They're doing this, this, this. It's the same problem each and every week. And how many times did me and Gino say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result? That's what it felt like watching this football team for years, especially on the defensive side of the football. And although this year you had a new defensive coordinator going from Jim Schwartz to Jonathan Gannon, it still felt like the same thing, that time was this flat circle, that each week it's the same issues. And it's like, how does he not see it if we're all seeing it? Because he he's clearly either not seeing it or he's too stubborn to adjust or there's something going on because the same problems are killing them each and every week and the same problems are killing them each and every week because they're doing the same thing each and every week. And it was just so such a frustrating process to discuss this. And so to finally see the coach say, hey, not only did he say this week, you know, yeah, I get what Fletcher is talking about and we're, we talked about it. But it's good to see, again, not just talking the talk because the coaches did a lot of that this year, but it's good, to, especially Gannon over Sirianni because Sirianni, I think, has adjusted a lot this year. And I've actually been impressed with, I think his play calling has been inconsistent, but I think you have seen a lot of adjustments with the offense. But with the defense, you haven't seen that yet from Gannon a lot, and you saw that today. So it's good to see him not only talk the talk, but now on Sunday, actual time for a game, you see him actually putting that into practice, right? Preaching, practice, different things. You got to be able to put it into practice. And not just against the Detroit Lions, though. This is a start. This is a start for sure. But again, this is the worst football team in the NFL. Next week, when you play Justin Herbert and the Chargers, what are you going to do? Are you going to go back to the strategy you had against Derek Carr, against Tom Brady, against Dak Prescott, against Patrick Mahomes? Or are you going to let this defense do what they did this week? Or are you at least going to find the balance? Because that's the biggest issue was it wasn't just this defense was so passive for this entire season so far. It was that there wasn't a balance of, you know, yes, a lot of the time you're going to run cover too. You're going to try to not have a Justin Herbert beat you down the field like he's so good at doing. I'm not saying don't run those concepts, but is there going to be a balance where you throw in blitzes here and there? And there's times where, yeah, in different situations, you know, you're not doing the same thing on third and 15 that you're doing on, doing on third and two. On third and two, you're letting Darius Slay play closer to the line of scrimmage, not 20 yards off the football. That was the issue was they weren't just being passive, but they were being passive all of the time, regardless of the opponent and regardless of the situation. So this is a great start. And I was really impressed by Gannon today. 
in this defense as a whole. But now it's time to see this, you know, string together. It's it's time to start seeing these performances, string these performances together week after week. It's what I said about Jalen Hurts too in his passes. It's why it's so frustrating with Hurts because sometimes you see him stick in the pocket, keep his eyes downfield, use his mobility to open up the pass and deliver an accurate ball across the middle of the field. You're like, yes, that's the play you want. More of that, please. And then he bails the pocket the next play and does all the same. He reverts back to the same player that struggles in the same areas. It's like that with Hertz, and it's been like that with Gannon so far this year. Um, let's hope that that's not the case, and let's see if he can now start to find that balancing act and you know know when to be aggressive and know when to be passive because next week it's going to be a different story. Justin Herbert and the Chargers compared to Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions, not even close. It's like flaming yah versus spam. You know, it's just, it's not close. So we'll see what the strategy is, but overall a great performance from Gannon in the defense, uh, the defense, excuse me. Again, the two best players on defense to me today, Josh Sweat was incredible, wrecked that game. I'm telling you that contract extension earlier in the year, it's going to look like a bargain really soon, the way Sweat is developing. But also speaking of contract extensions, the other guy I was mostly impressed with today over anybody was slot cornerback Avante Maddox. I mean, talk about contract extensions. He is earning an extension, and it's not just with his coverage. You know, he looks like the coverage corner from 2018 at the end of the year that was maybe the hottest corner in football heading into the 2018 playoffs, but it's the tackling as well. He had a forced fumble today. His tackling was great, setting the edge like against the run. When you're playing inside as a slot corner, you have to be able to defend the run and tackle as well, especially in the modern-day NFL when most defenses aren't using three-plus linebackers. You're using three-plus corners like Maddox out there. Their teams are still going to run the football. you got to be able to be the guy that run fits, that gets deep down the field, behind the line of scrimmage, behind the offensive line, and stick a running back and go after you know, and make physical plays and make tackles. And Avante Maddox has been doing that despite being more of the speedster, undersized defensive back. Vontae Maddox, I mean, that 2018 class today was incredible. Dallas Goddard, Josh Sweat, Avante Maddox, Jordan Maialata. That was a great draft class, and they killed it against the Lions today. This is the postgame show. The Eagles take it 44-6 against the Detroit Lions. The Eagles now 3-5 and five on the season. Guys, today's show is sponsored by Built Bar. If you haven't tried a Built Bar by now, you're missing out. They say it's a protein bar. It does not taste like one. Let me tell you, you have to try one of these amazing bars yourself to believe it. Most protein bars are chalky or waxy or just plain hard to choke down. A Built Bar is soft, covered in 100% real chocolate, and when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's more of an experience, one that you'll enjoy. In fact, you'd swear you're eating a candy bar. If you went to a movie theater and had one of these, I wouldn't judge. It tastes just as good as a candy bar. And the best part, they're a lot healthier. They're low in carbs, low in calories, low in fat, low sugar, and high in protein. So all the healthy benefits on top of just being purely delicious. Another great thing about Built Bar, there's so many different flavors for every taste bud. Coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, cherry barcia. I'll get you 15% off on one of these flavors today at Built.com when you head over to the website and use our promo code. It's LOCKED15. L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. And again, you're going to get 15% off your order when you head over to Built.com. Guys, today's show is also sponsored by BetOnline. 
Ag bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action this year. The NFL is underway, the NHL, the NBA, you've got boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, the World Series. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing sports right now, all the action and all the offers available at betonline.ag. And with their new website, there's so many more features. They have an updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today. And you're going to receive a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code. It's locked on L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N to receive your bonus. Bet online where the game starts. All right, guys, Louis DiBiase wrapping up this Sunday slash Monday edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast. We again, thank you so much for making Locked On Eagles your first listen each and every day. It's the postgame show. The Eagles are now three and five after a dominating 44 to six win against the winless Detroit Lions. The Lions look, they're clearly the worst team in football. Say what you will about all the positives I said. Again, take this game with a grain of salt because the Lions are brutal. And it's interesting because heading into the game, I was posing the question like, maybe you want to lose, right? Because if you lose this football game, you're two and six, the Lions are one and seven. You're only a game behind them potentially for the first overall pick. If you want Malik Willis or Matt Corral, or at least the the option, the, the choice between the two, and you don't want to just get the seconds of Detroit and who they decide to take with the first overall pick. Maybe you're better off losing this game and chasing down that number one spot. So heading into the game, I was kind of like, you know, I want to win this football game, but at the same time, losing might be better for you long-term. But then you watch the game and how dominating the Eagles looked, considering how bad the Eagles have looked for the majority of the season. I mean, it's some of it is about the Eagles, but it says more to me about how bad the Detroit Lions are. So even if the Eagles lost this game, I don't know. Detroit is clearly the worst team in football. So the Eagles aren't going to catch them. So, I mean, they're just the Eagles and lions this week heading in. I'm like, you know, we all thought seven to nine to 10 wins is probably the range for the birds this year because of how good they are on both sides of the ball. When it comes to trench play, the offensive and defensive line. But then the last few weeks, the conversation started shifting to, wow, they might even not be that good. Are they in the same category as the Detroit Lions? And that's why we started talking about a potential loss this week because we're like, I mean, the Eagles are favored for the first time in a long time, but should we be so confident? After watching that game, it's clear the Eagles are still a bad football team, if you ask me, but they're not Detroit Lions bad. And there's no way to me that they're bad enough to where, at least with their record and their first-round pick that they own, that they're going to catch the Lions. I guess the good thing is, even though you've learned that reality today, even though they won that game and that might not be the best for you long-term, you still have a chance. You kind of get the best of both worlds. You get the dominating win, but you still have a chance of catching the Detroit Lions for that number one pick. Because once again, the Miami Dolphins lost a football game. They lost to the Buffalo Bills today and they're one and seven on the year. So Miami is only a game behind Detroit. So the Eagles, they're not Detroit Lions bad. And they're not going to catch the Lions for that first pick based on their own draft pick. But you still have a chance at that because the Miami Dolphins, surprisingly enough, because I didn't think they were going to be this bad, but the Miami Dolphins are only a game behind Detroit. And you're very much in place still with this win at potentially grabbing the number one overall pick. So today kind of was the best of both worlds when it comes to the Eagles' short-term success and their potential 
long-term success based on what's best for them in the 2022 NFL draft. It was a good day to be an Eagles fan. And it's nice to say that because it's the first time it's felt that way in at least a month. So it was a good day. Enjoy the win. We'll get into stock up, stock down tomorrow. We'll continue to preview the NFL trade deadline. Guys, it's on Tuesday at 4 p.m. Again, we have our Locked On NFL Live YouTube show on Tuesday from 3 to 5. But I also did a Eagles trade deadline preview show on Friday. So if you're getting excited for the trade deadline, we've got stock up, stock down tomorrow. But we also have that trade deadline show for you in any feed that you get our podcast or on YouTube as well and on Twitter at Lockdown Birds, at DiBiase, L-O-E, and at GC24 underscore football. This has been the Lockdown Eagles postgame show. The Eagles take it in Detroit against the Lions 44-6. to They now take on the Los Angeles Chargers next Sunday. I'm Lou DiBiase signing off as always. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. And let's go Birds.